Hi, and welcome to Season 2 of Big Sound Small Town, the podcast that spotlights the talented and diverse musicians in small towns and communities. This season, we're branching out to include the community of people who make it possible for musicians to be able to perform their music. The producers, the recording engineers, the venue owners, and many others. And as always, the small town musicians. Remember, small town doesn't mean small talent. Hear their stories. footnote on the Chad Day podcast. As Chad and I were sitting up to record this podcast in the green room uh, of the Earl Scruggs Center, out in the main room we heard music, which I thought someone had turned on, but when we stepped out there, nope, it was live music. It was Darren Aldridge, Mike Lynch, Doug Rogers, Dean Jinks, and Leonard McSwain, and uh, they were playing up a storm. But nevertheless, as the professionals that we are, we went in and did our podcast. So the music you hear in the background was made by these guys. Uh, Also, all the banjo music on this was played by Chad early in the morning on a Saturday. Thanks. Today on Big Sound Small Town, we're in the Earl Scruggs Center in beautiful Shelby, North Carolina, and I'm with banjoist Chad Day. Welcome to the show, Chad. Thank you. All right. Now, banjo is your thing, right? It is a passion. Yeah. Absolutely. Did you, you told me that you've been playing like how long? 30 years. 30 years. I'm getting old. Yeah, that's a long time to be, were you young when you started playing? I was 14 years old. Oh, okay. Yeah. Was that your first in- instrument? Um, I had took a few piano lessons, yeah. but didn't really stick. Right. So I, I'd say so. Yeah. Well, what made you pick the banjo? I mean, there had to be a moment. There's a, there's a story that goes along with it. Um, as a child, I was always around the banjo. I've got a, uh, had a great grandfather that played banjo. Oh, okay. And, uh, I was always around it. He'd be on the front porch. Uh, uh, wasn't really 
something that, that stuck with me at that time, but right. I was, I was exposed, exposed to it. it. Right. Yeah. right. And then my dad took some banjo lessons and, uh, you know, from time, I remember as a child hearing, hearing him play a few songs from time to time and, and he kept the banjo. So there was one in so the So it was house. a house yeah. your whole life for yeah. the most part. That's right. But uh, I, I never really had an interest at that time. Or, uh, as when I was 14 years old in middle school, a buddy of mine, name of Jacob Wellman, had brought a banjo to school to play at a talent show. Right. For, I, I think it was a girl going to clog or dance or something, right. and he was going to play for it. So uh, uh, I'd talk to him. I mean, you know, I got a banjo. There's a banjo. My daddy's got one at home, and you know, being young yeah. banjo player, of course he was. He was nerding out. I, I got to know what it is. Right. We exchanged numbers. He called me that night. And I got it out. Well, come to find out, it was a Gibson banjo. Oh, yeah. on. And, uh, of course, I still don't know what I got at the house. Exactly then, yeah. But uh, he was taking lessons. And, uh, and you know, having a banjo that, that was of substance, I was like, right. well, you know, maybe I'll... It kind of sparked a little fire. Right. So... Uh, he was taking lessons from a guy named Roger Holland out of Ellenburg at that yeah. time on Tuesday nights. And uh, I told mom and dad, you know, I think I wanna, this might be something I wanna do. So uh, mom, she put me in the car the next Tuesday and drove Take me up, up there. there. Yeah. That's great, because parental support's big with, with any instrument. Oh, listen, anything my whole it. life I've been blessed with support. That's great. All the family. That's good. It had to be rough because there was probably a three-year period that you couldn't tell what I was doing. Oh, yeah, I was a fiddler, so I, so I, I know the people around me. Uh, yeah. I remember uh, I remember, mom would come. I would, I would lay down on the bed and play and fall asleep practicing. That's cool. And, and she'd come take the banjo and, and put it away. It's not, not many 14-year-old boys decide that a banjo is something they're going to play. Well, and uh, I guess... You know, being buddies with Jacob there, we we would go to the same lesson back to back, and right. it almost—I I won't say it was a competition, but it was uh, it, it was motivation. I yeah, motivation. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. And uh, so uh, after three years, I got to where I could make out what I was doing, and, and uh, how long did it take you, just out of curiosity, to get your role right? Uh, you know that was the one one bit of help I did get from Dad. He said, "You know, you got to, you got to make sure you got the same amount of space in between each note." Right. So, uh, man, I don't know. Uh, I, there must have been nights where all I would do is just sit there and practice and things. It, I mean, people don't it, realize that don't play banjo. Even people that finger pick guitar don't realize there's a difference. Well, so much a, a banjo, and I'm assuming it's that way with any instrument, is muscle memory. It is. And you're training memory. those yes. hands yeah. and fingers to do what they do. Um, but after about three years, uh, I found myself at a, a local jam. Uh, I think they called that place Hubcaps or something, a little old, little old hole in the wall store uh, outside of Cherryville. And then I began to know people, but I remember that first Time that I played a song right. with the rest of the instruments, and uh, man, it, it was good. That uh, sold you a, right then. Oh didn't yeah, it? <laughs> yeah. That's where at that point in in uh, in my life is when it really took off. And do, I, do you remember what what the song was that mm -hmm. you played? 
I, I don't. I, I'm sure it was some old standard. That, right. You know, at that point, I didn't have a whole lot of. Didn't have a big uh, repertoire. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That's uh. But uh, you know, from that point forward, it just it it was a fire that still burns in me today. Right. So so at this point. Are, are we we're still playing that Gibson that you had that yes time. yes that was uh that was my dad's banjo as I said it was a 1975 I think RB 250 nice banjo no yeah yeah yep. it's uh it's, it's still a low end uh, uh Gibson and uh, as I'm getting out and picking with people I, I, this fire starts burning I want I want another yeah banjo I want I want to step up and uh, I think at that time I had, I had, I, I guess I played that 250 through my school years, and uh, the minute I graduated school and got me a job where I had steady income, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I went over here to Shelby Jewelry and Loan yep. and ordered me uh, the finest Gibson that you could get at the time was a Earl Scruggs Special, yeah. and uh, I think I had paid, it was something crazy like Fifty-five hundred at that time. At yeah. that time was a lot. Yeah. But I remember telling that at work, and the guys that I was working with oh, harassed yeah. me for I'm days sure they did. how stupid I was. Mm -hmm. But uh, those banjos, they didn't make but a handful of them, and when they quit selling them, they were listed. Or let's see, I think Janet Davis Music has sold for like eleven thousand five hundred dollars. Great investment. Absolutely. And a fine sounding banjo. Yeah. Money, money couldn't get it though. Right, exactly. That's, that's a. But, uh, but is that one you probably was getting ready to ask you? That's not something you play out anymore. Not either, anymore. I know. At that time, uh, you could see it any weekend right over here at Leatherwoods and shit. Right. That, that was that was it. Um, but as uh, as my career progressed, I, I, I kept looking on the lookout, and I wanted a pre-war. I just had to have. Of course, could not couldn't afford the original, right? But uh, the conversions was yeah. a, was a way. So, uh, at that time, I had a buddy, Tucker McCandless. Uh He was fixing to move out of town and, and head to Tennessee, where he was going to pursue his career in music. And uh, he had a early '30s Kel uh, Croydon, which was made by by Gibson at that time. Kel uh, Croydon was a toy company. Gibson was in uh, some bad. Uh, economic times, so they'd sold part of their banjo line, which was the low-end banjos, right. to this toy company. Still made by Gibson, same parts, everything right. the same. And uh, I, I helped him. We helped each other because yeah. he didn't want to sell it, but he needed the money to make the move. Right. And I, I wanted that banjo. And I remember I met him in Marion at Hardy's, and uh, we made the deal. I think I paid him something thirty-five hundred or something, and. Uh, he cried, shed tears. <laughs> I'm sure he did, Absolutely. though. I mean, I mean, it's hard to part, part I, with something like that. I felt bad for him, but I was so happy I got this banjo. He was probably shedding tears yeah. too. <laughs> exactly, of a different kind. <laughs> exactly. But uh, that was that became my my hoss, my main uh, player for uh, for many years, and I still have it today as well. But. Uh, from that point on, it's just uh, you know. What so I, you became a collector at this point. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's uh, yeah. so. Do we do we start looking for tone rings at some point? Well, there's this mystique with with Gibsons along you know through yeah. my career that 
no matter what pawn shop I would go into or antique store or, or uh, estate auction. Right. Yeah. It, it, you just always looking for that that sure. part, that piece, uh, anything to do with the old Gibson right. stuff. And uh, um, yeah, I, I, I picked up a few parts along the way that I'd run across. Uh, when the internet come along, man, that just yeah. that made everything easy. Sure. Of course, it also drove price prices up. up yeah. True. Yeah. Uh, but even to this day, I still find myself going through antique I malls know. just looking for that. I do that with fiddles, yeah. Yeah, every part and piece, you know. Uh, so, all right, so at this point, are we playing out a lot with, with people? I uh, Yeah, I had... Do you uh, remember the first real band you joined? I do, I do, and, and to this day, it was probably one of the more professionally run bands that I was ever oh, okay. part of. Um, it was it was with Vern Berry, uh, Harold Simpson, mm-hmm. um, Thurman Ramsey. Yeah. We called ourselves the Dixie Tradition. And, I, uh, I know all those guys. Yeah, I knew all those guys. Right, right. Well, Vern had a, a very uh, organized business yeah. background, and he well, run his his band that way. Sure. Uh, man, I've I've been in a lot of bands since with great musicians that I always thought if we had somebody that could take this style and yeah. and, and this business plan, that uh, Vern is good at that. I mean, he is. Yeah. Plus, he sold a thousand instruments in his day too yeah you know? and, and and even though musically we we was mediocre at best we had as many gigs or more uh because of of, yeah. of that than any band around right and it really made it yeah i mean happen. y'all did play a lot yeah yeah i knew Vern during those days so y'all played a lot right so uh i, I don't remember exactly how how long that lasted but um I think from there, I might have picked up with Mike and Kevin Street at, at uh, uh, the Far City Boys. Yeah. Played with them a, a year or two. Uh, some of the best music in my career out there. Some good singing. I have really been blessed with knowing a lot of, and having the opportunity to play with a lot of really good musicians. Uh, the ones you've mentioned so far, it's a good yeah. foundation. I mean, you got a good foundation with Vern, Thurman, and those guys, and then you, Move to to Far City Boys, and then right, you know, right. and and then just the the amount of musicians around this area was just oh, yeah. tremendous at that time. Yeah, just your, your local jams. I mean, it, uh, any given Wednesday, uh, there was a place called the Bomb Shelter over in yeah. Cherryville. Jack Bingham ran. Jack and, Bingham. Uh, I guess Jack still runs that. Thing. As far as I know, they still do. I hadn't been out there in a long I time. I hadn't been out there in a long time either. Uh, you know, it was uh, it was a treat. Uh, Darren Aldridge was there yeah. about every week. Yeah. Uh, you had Darren and, and Harold well, Sampson, well, Doug Rogers. Yeah. Just, uh, uh, now, well, I think um, I saw early early Acoustic Syndicate up there, too. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, yeah. Steve. Among, among plenty of other people that are playing around here still today. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people have come through there. Right. And, right. The, and the music quality was great. Yeah, yeah. Then I had a whole another set of, of, of jam friends that, that I would go to on the weekends up around the Marion Way. You had uh, uh, Jeff Davis, Pee Wee Davis, yeah. boy. Uh, uh, gosh, man, we, we there was a bunch of them up there. Uh, you ever been over to the barber shop in Drexel? I have, I have, but the, let's see, uh, Old Fort. They oh. used to have a jam up there in oh, the okay. rescue squad that we'd go to, and 
Johnny Daddle play bass. And, oh gosh, I don't remember who all. Just uh, it does sound I like was, you've had a lot of plug. Lot got to hear a lot of music. I was very fortunate to be around these kind, this caliber of musician. You know, one of the things I've noticed about you is uh, your timing meter is pretty good. How'd you get that to happen? Uh, well, I mean, I played with a lot of banjo players that can speed things up and all. It starts out fast and continues faster. Yeah. You know? Well, it, it's a it's an easy thing to do. I was told, and uh, I think Ray Allison might have told me this story, that uh, Earl Scruggs and uh, and his brother would start in the front of the house picking yeah. and they'd walk around to the back right. of the house. Well, that, that whole story there always stuck in my head uh, of how important it was. And, and Roger was such a good teacher. Oh, yeah. Uh, Roger's a fantastic banjo player. Absolutely. We'll bring that up. I mean, he really is. Absolutely. But, and his meter is perfect dead on. And, and, and I guess my sense of time and come back to, like we said before, being able to play with musicians that's, that was already established right. and just you always strive to play with people that's better than you. Oh, that's it, what you need to do. Absolutely. It, that's how you get better. Yeah. Yes, if you're sir. playing with people you're better than, that's where you're going to stay. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree yeah. 100%. Rick Delosier, who's a guitar player, but uh, he taught a ton of guitar players, he told me that if you play the same thing you know, that's what you're going to know. Yeah. He said, if you don't play anything that pushes you, that's hard for you, you're never going to get, you're never going to improve. Right. And that's what he always did with his students. And I, that's true. I mean, if you if you keep playing with the same people that you're the best guy, that's how good you're going to be. Yeah. yeah. So you have had good people. Yeah, I've been I've been very fortunate. So somewhere at some point you met up with um, Ray. Yeah. Uh, I guess that goes back uh, when he was playing with um, what was that band, New River? Is yeah. That yeah. Yeah. That uh, happened over here at. Uh, Leatherwoods in, yeah. in Chip is where I got to know him, and uh, we—I would see him out. We'd we'd play a few uh, jams, but then uh, I don't remember whatever reason uh, he left that band. Yeah, and uh, he's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, um, I, I guess we put started picking on a regular basis, then. Right. and gosh, it's been off and on pretty much. 20, 25 years, yeah. and uh, uh, we currently still have a, a group that we'll get together and go do a show from. Well, he uh, told me, he's another one that told me about you, you know, uh, I've known Ray a long time too, yeah. so. He's a true friend, he's been awful good to, to myself and my family. Plus he can play, he can sing louder than your banjo. Yeah. He can sing louder, but uh, I, he's the loudest singer I know. Yeah, yeah, man's awesome. He can sing. He does a lot of the stuff I like too. Yeah. You know, we, we uh, I cut my teeth on the, the old flat and scrubs and bluegrass album band right. stuff, my yeah. biggest heroes, I guess. But uh, at the same time, he can turn right around and do an awesome job on the Wayland's Genius. Yeah, he can. He can raise that way. And that's, you know, that's part of advancing the music, particularly with banjo. You know, I mean, stuff did happen after Old Scruggs. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and uh, we always said that that you need to play to your audience, and um, some so often you'll be around a crowd that don't don't in particular know bluegrass, right. but they might know a, a like a Wayland yeah, or something, and, yeah. and that involves them and gets their interest in. Sure. I mean, we're sitting here and out 
out in the lobby, Darren Aldridge is playing, and he, Darren told me that uh, uh, he can't play the same old stuff anymore, too. You know, that he, yeah. to, in, in order to advance new bluegrass, he has to do non-traditional things, yeah. and, and that's the truth. Yeah, it really is. Well, and, and if you're not careful, you'll find yourself in a rut where you're playing the same old. 13 songs right and I, and I do think those are great those 13 songs are the great songs too Absolutely. there's no doubt about it yeah. but it never advances without opening some minds you right. know exactly so it's um that's a good thing and, I, and I'm glad that you do that yeah right. so so you playing is Ray still who you play with um I'm I currently I guess we've got three different groups I figured this, at, this is where we're going I knew you kind of had think different things going yeah but 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 Ray is one that uh, uh, we had a, a, a pretty good four-piece band up until I guess we kind of took a I don't know six months break or whatever yeah um, but did, I, you play, I, did you play over there at um uh, at his house not too long ago for um uh, he have some kind of party over there. He does. He has a couple. I was supposed to go over there, but I, I, I had something else I had to do. This last one, I didn't make it either. I was playing uh, somewhere else. I was too. Uh, that was really, But the guys I play in the band with were there. So. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh, I know. Where it was, uh, I go to a lot of festivals now. This uh, first of last year, uh, we bought us a camper as a family. And, oh, yeah. And that's helped. That's helped. Uh, paved the way for me to be able to go right. to a lot more festivals, have a place to, to lay down. You get to do a lot of jamming at those things? Oh, yeah. 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 I, I spent a ton of time going to as a Fiddler, Galax, um, uh -huh. Cliff Top, stuff like that. Right. So. Uh, this, this music has brought me some of the best friends in the world. And there's a group of us that, that camp together at these festivals. Uh, it, it's more or less just a, a fun type band, a, a party type band. It's right. just, uh, but some of the best people you'll ever get to know, they, they would call ourselves the, the Rickers Pickers, I guess. And uh, At these festivals, it's known as the, the jam camp. You know, oh, yeah. A lot of people come. Right. It's just uh, it's just really, really fun, really good people. And then I saw you at Ellenberg playing with somebody totally yep. different. Yep. Now, uh, that's, a, that's a band we've probably been Actually, it's got started by an Elmira Fellers Convention year four last. Um, a buddy of mine, Michael Blanton, has a grandson, Xander Smith, that's absolutely going to be an awesome, already is an awesome mandolin player. And uh, Next generation. Yeah, that's, that's right. But uh, Michael called me and wanted me to help him with, uh, with uh, the Fellers Convention, and we got together prior to. And, uh, you know, when we when we played, we done pretty good, and we decided, you know, let's let's keep it up. With uh, his daughter, uh, Sarah, is uh, is playing bass, and she's fairly new, but timing's impeccable, and, and just coming coming along good. It's uh, it, we're pretty tight. Now we took a we've taken a a little break since Christmas through the through December holidays. Sure, everybody kind of has to during that time. Right, right, but. Uh, I mean, I probably couldn't have got you here if it wasn't this time of day either. I mean, you'd probably be off somewhere playing if it was. Yeah, it's it stays pretty busy. We we call that band the Carolina Mountaintops. Okay. And uh, I look for great things to come out of that. We're uh, we're we're doing it right because we're not we're not 
jumping into it and, and exposing herself out till we get it right. We want it to be right up front. So. Well, you know, that, there again, that's kind of giving back because you do have two young people in there, mm -hmm. and that's how they get their start is playing with better musicians. Yeah, I told Michael, I said, Michael, we better enjoy it while we can because they're going to leave us one of these Yeah, and, I mean, and, and that's, that's <laughs> what you do. I mean, that's exactly, that's what you want them to do. Yeah, right. You know, so yeah, that's, um, you know, I think Darren's probably going to see somebody playing with him probably leave in the next little while yeah. you know and that's just um you know that's the the way it is i'm also i've seen you playing uh with members of acoustic syndicate yeah yeah uh brian steve mcmurray they, we have uh you know we all live real close together yeah. and and it's it's the last year or two uh we've grown pretty close and then it's it's almost a weekly event to, of course brian's the banjo he, well. he is and his style is totally different too i mean that's the thing you know cleveland county has some different they got a lot of banjo players and a lot of them play a lot of different styles too yeah yeah well uh you know brian and i'll sit there and, and play banjos back and forth and and uh, we'll I, I invite him up to uh, to pickings and jams that, that i have there at the right. house and and uh, it, it it don't sound like two banjos because it's it, it is completely it different. is two different things yeah and uh, he and I both have the utmost respect for each other's yeah. style but we also agree that it is different it is different and, uh, I, but I, there's nothing wrong with the difference I mean it's no, both great music no I wish I I could do and understand more of what he does and uh, you know what Brian does is is his own style it, it is I mean he has he has developed that yeah yeah I think deep down at heart he's a he's a guitar. Oh yeah. oh yeah, he's a fantastic <laughs> guitar player. <laughs> yeah. back with Chad. We're in the Earl Scruggs Center out in the lobby. There's Bluegrass Royalty playing. <laughs> but, but we're having a, that's a good backdrop, but we're having a pretty good conversation here too. Uh, it's not every day that you get to sit with excellent local players and talk about how it came about. Now, how many banjos do you own? Uh, currently, I have uh, I own nine and uh, I have one being accustomed 
banjo being built should finish up within the next three, four weeks. What kind of banjo is that? That's going to be uh, a banjo custom built by Tim Smith out of Harrisburg. Uh, he's building some wonderful instruments right now. Uh, he, he just built, got finished up building a neck for Ron Block of Alison yeah, Krause. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so I'm looking forward to that. He's he's got his own tone ring that that uh, is is treated differently than than a lot of a lot of others. And I've I've heard and played a few. Uh, it just the opportunity come about. I, I I would I would not have probably went out and ordered and bought another one because God knows I've got enough. <laughs> but the opportunity you never come have about. Enough. Yeah. He uh, he had put a post. He and I are friends on on Facebook and. Uh, he had put a post out there that if anybody had uh, any Gibson Les Paul guitars that they would like to trade for a, a custom built banjo, uh, contact him, you know, to do like an even right. spot deal. Well, it just so happened that, uh, I don't know, three or four years ago, I had ordered a brand new uh, Gibson Les Paul. And, I had it was just one of those whims because yeah. I'm, I'm not a I'm not a guitar player especially electric and uh, but I am a lover of wood I am a sucker yeah. for pretty wood sure if it's pretty and grainy I just man I yeah. just love it and I seen this thing it was bourbon burst some of the prettiest grain in that maple top you'd ever seen so I bought it and it just sat there and collected dust and. It just, it just, my heart's in the banjo and bluegrass right. music, and, and that's just where it's going to be. And I've come to, no matter how hard I, I want to do other things, it just. That's what, well, yeah, I agree. So I called him up and, and told him that I had this, this two, seven, 2017 model, and uh, would he be interested? And uh, I sent him pictures, and one thing led to another. He come down and visited, and, and um, when you look at what he gets for, for his banjos versus what I had in that one, it, it was pretty close. So, um, and it's a banjo. Yep, yep, <laughs> that's right. And I, and I've got the opportunity to go with a torrified rim and and uh, his treated tone ring, uh, mahogany wood, uh, not just mahogany wood, but the resonator is going to be uh, quilted mahogany. Oh, so, and there's your love for wood coming right back around. That's right. And if it's if he does anything like I've heard his banjos I'm I know I'm gonna be happy so that'll be good I'm getting excited about it I'm sure you are <laughs> you want you want to tell the story about uh the banjo that uh Ryan McMurray's playing these days okay uh yeah um so I've always been a Gibson guru but uh Deering has a has banjos that uh Jens Kruger helped develop this this tone ring and it's built that's the Kruger Brothers right yep okay. uh, the Kruger Brothers yep. and this tone ring is built in Switzerland by the oldest bell uh, found foundry that is known All right in the world I guess and uh, they, he uh, Jens took his his uh, I guess recipe whatever his, his method to him and uh, they analyzed it and uh, come back to him and told him said yeah, we can build this, but this is basically junk metal. We can improve this and give you, a, by far, a, a better quality in small amounts like this. And of course, he said yes and do it, and, and it come back as the, as the Swiss tone ring. And uh, 
they're very expensive if, if you just if Deering would sell you one and I'm not sure that they even would right. it was like a it's a $2,500 upgrade to that band wow. I have yeah. that tone ring yeah that's that's an upgrade <laughs> yeah but uh, I found this uh, this banjo it was a it's a Deering um, Saratoga Star it's part of their Timbrook series that includes this tone ring and uh, I, I found it at a pretty good deal um, got it home got it set up and man the ring and I played it pretty religiously for the past year. Ring as good as advertised. Oh man. wow, it's just absolutely. Um, so Brian comes, comes. He found out about this and he come up and and he too was just mystified by the sound that comes out of this thing. But uh, there again, his style being different than mine, right. um, I'm more along the lines of the, the Earl Scruggs sound, which which you get out of maple banjos. Right. And, and he was more along the Bela Fleck tone, right. which you get out of mahogany. Right. Well, they offer this same banjo during does in uh, in mahogany that they they call the Legacy. And uh, he's he, he really wanted one, and, and man, we just uh, you know he's an artist for yeah uh, for during. So. Yeah, he is. Yes. But even at that, the price with with his discount with his discount still unbelievable. Yeah. Well, it just so happened, he and I, I think we about seen it at about the same time on uh, Banjo Hangout. A guy had one for sale, and it was priced very reasonably. Well, I'd, I'm i always trading back and <laughs> forth with Banjos, and I had this Earl Scruggs uh, standard that uh, I was going to just sell, get my money back out. So I called this guy up, and I said, man, would you be interested in a, in a Earl Scruggs standard? He said, well, I seen him pictured back on me. Well, yeah. So anyway, one thing led to another, we swapped, and uh, I, I got that banjo as well. Well, Brian just, he, you know, he nerds out yeah, because that's, yeah. that's, that's oh, yeah, his yeah, dream. Yeah. And I told him, well, Brian, I'll, we'll, I'll, I'll sell this banjo to you. And, and, and he wound up acquiring that. So he's got one with the same ring. Yeah. And it's, well, I mean, I guess he's playing that today he's as we're speaking it. Absolutely, very happy with it. Yeah, that's a, that's a great story. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, see, sometimes you touch people in a musical way that other people don't know about either. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, people don't know stories like this yeah. un unless they hear them from from the people that do that. I mean, people <laughs> see musicians standing on the stage, and they just have a whole total. I think different understanding of what it's really like oh, you yeah. know yeah so that's well, a great story so well all right uh so what all you got going on here in the future well uh well like today <laughs> <laughs> yeah well the other life goes on i know you got you got a basketball game to go to yeah my daughter's playing basketball at three but uh back at christmas my wife got me tickets to uh, to see Balsam Range and Volume 5 ah. up, up at uh, Isothermal College yeah. tonight, so yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I'm, uh, Pat and Wage is, is, a, is a good friend of mine. Seen him last, what was that, Jam, last weekend together, but he plays banjo yeah, in Volume does. 5. Yeah. And uh, I know Aaron Ramsey has joined our group as the mandolin player, so this may be the first uh, gig out, so I'm really looking forward oh, yeah. to see how that's going. Balsam awesome Range is a good band, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, other than that, you know, uh, 
How many bands are you currently working with? Well, well, three, I guess. Um, and that, that's going on in 2020 also, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got uh, next weekend, uh, I'll be playing with the Records Pickers up in East Tennessee. We've got two shows next Saturday. Um, we're playing at a music store. Um, I think it's in Greenville. Tennessee, somewhere East Tennessee, right. that uh, at lunchtime, and then uh, we'll be playing at uh, a bar called Baroni's that night. So it's a two gig day. That's great. When you travel out of town, that's yeah. what you try to do. Yeah, it is. Get the expenses. I agree. That's uh, that's cool. Got several several festivals on the books. Uh, uh, Who is that? Is that which which outfit is that with? Well, you know, it's not uncommon to have both of them there at the same time. Well, that's it's, great. Oh yeah, yeah don't pay that. Yeah. Uh, most likely, the, the the festival bands that, that I'll be with is that, is the Rickers Pickers. You know? Right. They're, it's made up from uh, from guys from East Tennessee all the way down to Columbia, South Carolina. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's good. See, there is bluegrass in South Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People don't believe that, but yeah. there is. Um, I've this past couple of years, I've I've got to know a, a parcel of really good pickers out of North Georgia. No, now some, North Georgia does have bluegrass. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to knock on them. I might knock on South Carolina a little bit, but I'm, yeah. not, I'm not going to say much about North Georgia. Yeah, and, and good people, just really good people. And they got Norman Blake. What can you say? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, well, I know you're a busy guy, and I do appreciate you taking time out of your your busy schedule to come down and uh, talk banjo with me. Well, well, man, I'm I'm glad you had me here. So that's, I'll, I'll put a plug right quick. Anybody needs banjo set up, I, I do a lot of that. All right, we hear that. We're hearing that right here. That's another thing I should have gone into. Uh, several people have told me that you were the man that that if you want your banjo set up right, uh, you know how they get in touch with you. Um, well, uh, they got a, you got a Facebook I do have page. A Facebook page. Okay. just under my name. Yeah, that's uh, good. We won't give you a number out. They, okay. You can contact you through that, and then yep. that way. Yep. It's not like you're going to get harassed too much with a Facebook page too bad. Right, so, right. So. And, and I do this out of I do that out of the love for the instrument. It's right. not necessarily uh, to make money. I have a day job, so right. uh, I give people a fair, a fair, honest price, and I'll tear them completely down and, and shine and polish the metal, and set it back up. That's good. Uh, uh, so far, everybody's been happy. To, well, that's. We'll see if we can get you some banjo <laughs> sit-up business. Absolutely. And probably repair business. Yes, sir. Like you can tear a banjo up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I do appreciate you being my guest again. All right. Thank, thank you. Thanks for having me.